This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. We are joined by Lucky Tazi, a teacher in four ways, sharing what it has been like in the first week of schooling and what some of his fears are. Thank you so much, Lucky, for joining us once again here on the COVID report. Now, dozens of schools in South Africa have opened in the last two months, having closed shortly thereafter following positive cases of COVID-19 being detected among their staff and even their learners. What has your experience of going back to school like been in the last week? I can say that with regards to uh, the opening of uh, the schools, the situation as it is, is not normal. And um, I can say that where, where, where I work currently at my workstation, we are fortunate enough at this point in time, we do not have any COVID-19 cases. But, um, but generally, um, there's some... I can sense some frustration. Some teachers are also depressed. Um, it's not normal. It's, 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 it's a scary situation, basically, because all of us, we want to save lives. But at this point in time, we are being pushed to go to work because if, if we don't work, we won't get any um, remuneration from, from the minister. As, as she said uh, two weeks ago, that... Um, and I quote um, teachers Yanko Skolom because Lechola Muputo, she said that in Tswana. And as I say now, we are forced to go to work and the situation is abnormal. So, Lucky, for you, I'd want to ask would the situation be better if you had continued with online learning? Because I know you were teaching online. Uh, the situation was going to be better if we were teaching online, but at the same time, with online learning, um, at my school, we, we only covered, I can say, maybe 20% of the learners. And so online learning, it was going to be a good, basically, it was a good option, but it left so many learners uh, behind because so many learners who do not have smartphones or, or electronic gadgets, they were falling in, in between the cracks of online learning. Therefore, on, online learning, it was number one, it was it was a good option, but at some point, it, it did have its own disadvantages. So now, actually returning to schools as online learning is no longer an option, health and safety is a priority. At this point, as the number of positive cases continue to rise, what safety measures has the school implemented to ensure learners and teachers are safe? With regards to the schools, let me start off by um, what the minister has done or what the Department of Education uh, they have done. They have uh, delivered hand sanitizers to to my school, and I can say my neighboring schools as well. Hence, we are open. And also, the Department of Education they did uh, deliver um, um, face um, face mask two two mask for each and every learner, which is a positive sign of the department that shows that they are ready to open up schools. Then when we boil it down to each and every school, currently where I work, the, the school governing body was responsible for, for demarcating some of the classes that are currently used for, um, for learning because each and every class has 15, maximum of 15 learners for social distance purposes and when you enter the premises of the school, 
each and every corner within um, 20 meters, there's, um, there, are, there are hand sanitizers um, dedicated into each and every um, corner. Then um, the SGP of the school also, they have drawn some lines um, to help learners to easily identify um, the two meter social distance. And I can say at my school where I work, the COVID-19 or regulations um, have been upheld and we do comply with, um, with the health and safety standards. And also the Department of Education um, in Gauteng, they have, um, they have, um, what's this? They have brought four um, youth brigades of which these four youth brigades, they are responsible for screening learners and teachers and they also screen all general workers who who enter the school they do have um, digital scanners therefore they they check uh, the temperatures of um, of all the staff members the learners and all the stakeholders of the school they check us three times a day in the morning and lunch time and even after school and so i can say that makes things easier and it makes us to calm down yeah so with the creation of precautions and safety measures we've noted that there haven't any been any positive cases in your school but many schools around the country have had to close due to positive cases do you fear that this could potentially become a reality in your school and do you think your school has done enough to ensure that it does not and as a teacher are you prepared for the reality that it may be well that question is clear. i can tell you that um we are not ready to face our COVID-19 at my school. And at the same time, we are fortunate because our school is far away from, um, from the township because my school is in four ways. But you also cater for learners in, 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 in Dipsloot and other um, nearby informal settlements. But if we can look at our neighboring schools, um, COVID-19 cases, um, each and every school maybe has a, a minimum of two cases. In, in many schools in Dipsloot and Cosmo City. And at this point in time, where I work, we are not ready and we don't know how are we going to react if we, um, if we come across a, a case of COVID-19. We don't know how are we going to react. As, because number one, as a teacher, we are not trained to deal with, um, with COVID-19. And so we're just leaving everything in God's hands. A scary picture you paint there, Lucky. But now everyone has anxiety over this pandemic and the effects it has on our lives. And this can also create a very disruptive learning environment. How are you reassuring parents that their children are safe at school and also making children feel at ease so that they can concentrate on their studies rather than the fear around the pandemic? Uh, as a school... Uh, number one, each and every child, each and every staff member, whenever we walk around, whenever we teach, each and every each and every one of us within the school premises, we have to wear face masks to show that we care about each other. But we cannot ensure that learners' lives are not at risk. We cannot ensure that teachers' uh, lives are not at risk. I 
I think most of our learners, they do see that um, we, are, we are at a point whereby there's no return because we are being pushed to go to school. And so with reassuring learners' safety, currently we cannot do that. We just have to comply with COVID-19 uh, regulations, with uh, sanitizing our hands, wearing facial masks, and but yeah, that's how we cope every day. But with regards to ensuring learners that their lives are safe with us, no, we cannot guarantee that because even our own lives are at risk. Therefore, it's like, yeah, I don't know what to say, um, because the situation currently, it's scary. It's really, really, really scary. It is really, really scary, not only for teachers in the country, but for everyone, really. But now, Looking at the 20%, you said only 20% of learners were able to access online learning during the lockdown level five and four. How did you ensure that your learners were up to date with their studies when schools reopened? As a teacher, have you retaught some of the work that was covered during lockdown? Or are you just hoping that those left behind can catch up? So whatever that was taught um, during lockdown, uh, it is currently taught again. And so we are reteaching the content that we taught um, during lockdown. And so at this point in time, we are teaching our term two content and we are making sure that there's no learner who is left behind because it is not their fault. And also it is not our fault. Therefore, at this point in time, we just have to work in hand. In, we just have to work hand in hand with Department of Education. And those learners who were learning online we were communicating with their parents um via whatsapp and social media because we have developed a system whereby parents communicate with teachers on on daily basis but however those um um, parents who do not communicate um with the school effectively therefore their learners or their children they were disadvantaged and so at this point in time all of those learners whose parents uh are actively involved in the school, they benefited uh, um, significantly during uh, the lockdown and they are going to benefit more because we are repeating the content that was taught. Now, mental health is a key issue as teachers might portray that anxiety onto onto the kids and so impact on the mental health of the kids too. How is the government engaging the wellness of teachers during this period? You had mentioned that rather you had been forced to return to work and this isn't really a choice. And what would you hope that the government could do to support you better as a teacher during this time? Okay, so with regards to um, mental health and all other issues, at this point in time, the government did not give us any uh, form of um, mental um, wellness, let's say maybe programs. We don't know if maybe such is in place or whatsoever. And so we are not sure when it comes to the mental uh, um, health awarenesses of, uh, of the government. We are not even sure of how the government is going to deal with teachers who might test positive, it's clearly we are clueless when it comes to to that um, point. Basically, we are completely clueless as teachers. And lastly, Lucky, before I let you go, what is one thing you'd like to tell government about their engagement with teachers during this time? Should they be engaging you more purposefully? Should they be closing down schools? What's one thing you want the department to take away from this interview? 
I would say to the government, can they close down all the schools which are currently open? Because this um, a virus or this disease, basically, it will spread and it will spread. And, and as you can see, currently, it's spreading in numbers, basically. The curve is growing. Um, and at the same time, we have to take care of our own families. Some of the teachers are breadwinners. So what will happen to some of the teachers who are breadwinners if they die? What's going to happen to their families? Therefore, there's going to be a cycle of poverty. There's going to be a cycle of crime. There's going to be a cycle of abuse within families. We understand that according to um, um, basically scientific evidence uh, states that learners or children um, below the age of 19, they, uh, they are Im immune basically to COVID-19. What about teachers? who might contract this disease from schools or maybe from, from learners. And so my plea to the government is that may they please close down all the schools until maybe the vaccine has been found. Because at this point, we don't know what to do, basically. We are really, 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 really afraid. Lakitazi rejoining us here on the COVID report to paint the picture of the scene in the classroom underneath these conditions of a pandemic. One week in to them being allowed to welcome more pupils into the classroom. As we've said on multiple occasions here on the COVID report, a lot of conjecture has been made around the idea of kids being allowed to return to the classroom. A lot of talk has been made about whether or not it's safe, whether or not it's the right time. But what of the parents? What do parents themselves have to say about this matter? Joining us on the COVID report at this time is parent to two teenagers um, aged 17 and 15 in grades 11 and 10, respectful, respectfully. We are joined by Meshirani Nkangwini here on the COVID report. Shirani, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Can you first um, unpack for us the experience of these tough times um, for everyone in the world, as we know. How has the experience been for you as an individual before, um, as a, before being a parent? Thank you for having me. It's been quite a, a tough time, obviously with all the uncertainties and uh, having to be locked down at home, uh, indoors most of the time, and uh, the major adjustment has been to work from home, and um, which 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 is very tough, I must say, because um, you are a parent at home. You're supposed to be just the parent or the mother, the wife, and now you have to 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 basically have the office at home. Um, whereas uh, before, you you could leave work at at in the office and uh, come back home and become the parent and the mother. Now you have to do everything. And it's quite tough and uh, difficult to focus. Um, obviously having to adjust to this change has been very tough. 
So now unpacking your experience as a parent, I can imagine being stuck in the house where you are allowed to go out of the house because it's a national, where you're not allowed to go out of the house because it's a national lockdown. Can you please share with us, how did you make your children and all four of them understand what was going on in the world at the beginning stages? And did your children make it challenging for you to parent and adjust to the pandemic? Well, um, being locked down first and foremost was was really daunting. Um, uh, but uh, initially, I must say, it started uh, with us all thinking that it's a holiday. And uh, the first month, I think, or the first few month, uh, uh, weeks of the, the first month were, were, were quite easy because we, we were on holiday, we were doing what we do on holidays, watch movies, um, have a game nights, and it, it went quite well. But uh, the challenge really came when, when we realized that we were in lockdown and it was going to be more than we anticipated. So we had to, to, to come up with a routine. We had to come up with, with a structure. Because obviously that structure or routine was not there anymore. Because obviously one woke up every day, went to work, uh, went to school. But now that routine wasn't there. So we had to adjust and come up with a new structure and a new routine. Yes, there were challenges because um, these people are teens. As much as they are independent, but uh, uh, they were independent not being locked down, so they, they they were used to going to school, being with friends, and this was not there anymore. So we had to come up with a way to make to make sure that they are not bored. Um, they have uh, something to do almost every hour of the day, uh, and 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 so we started a, a routine, and 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 it uh, through the next month it has actually carried us. Interesting stuff. Now, you've alluded to structure and routine and the importance of these two things remaining um, part of young teenage life, even in the midst of a lockdown. And being that they were still in school before the lockdown happened, when it came to having to adjust and having to adapt and reinstating a routine to include um, e-learning, which has been talked about and covered from every possible angle over the course of the amount of lockdown time that has passed. When it comes to the e-learning experience for you and your family, how did you find it? Uh, Do you think it is something that can be viably pursued in future? And how did your children find the experience of doing their schoolwork via e-learning? Well, um... (laughs) It wasn't an easy adjustment, obviously, and um, taking our family uh, having to share uh, uh, one laptop. I mean, my my 17-year-old has got his own. My 15-year-old doesn't have one, so we had to share a laptop. It, it, It became quite difficult because then I have to do my work and then I have to share it with him. But also what it said to me or what I picked up was that uh, they, they don't really focus when, when they are doing this uh, e-learning. E-learning has not been as easy 
uh, for them. And he told me, um, because when they told, when the schools told us that they had to return, I called them in and I said, guys, uh, do you want to go back to school? And they said to me, uh, look, my, especially my 15-year-old said to me, I, I wasn't able to focus uh, with e-learning. I think uh, uh, it would be better for me to go back to school. So I, I, from my side, I saw, I, I saw it difficult, and I think for them it was also a difficult one to adjust to. So outside of the difficulty of the actual e-learning, as a parent, do you feel like the pandemic has affected your children's schooling and the quality of the schooling they were receiving? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think the, the, the you know... <laughs> The traditional face-to-face teaching is still something our kids are used to, and it will take time for them to adjust to, to, to e-learning. As much as technology is, is something that, that we need to, you know, e-learning is something that we need to explore, uh, I still think that face-to-face or the traditional classroom um, um, environment is, is still something that our children um, uh, want to, to, to experience. Um, but, but I think the whole, and obviously in terms of, of, of uh, everybody being able to access e-learning is a problem. Like I said, in my household, we had to share devices. So it is quite a, a difficult one. Now, I find myself still stuck on this idea of routine and structure that you mentioned earlier, simply because of how many other aspects of life these ideas of routine and structure apply to. Now, we've, we've covered education as open-ended as that will always be. Now, as it pertains to diet, um, I know that it was popular among adults to um, be lazy to cook or to prioritize um, eating junk food via um, Uber Eats, Mr. D, and all of that stuff. When it comes to children and balancing their own diet, how did you go about ensuring that your children had a balanced diet during this time? And what what were the challenges that came into play as far as trying to establish the retention of a good diet for your children during these circumstances? Uh, you, you you're quite right when you say um uh in 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 normal circumstances um when you come back from work uh, you would be tired to cook and then would be prone to to eating a lot of of um take out and so this this during lockdown this came to an end and uh we obviously, and, and being a parent of teens who, who, who are really into Uber Eats, ordering from Uber Eats, uh, foods like pizza and all of that, uh, um, it was quite difficult for them. And we had to now, as I said before, come up with a new structure, come up with a new way of doing things. And uh, one of that was obviously. <laughs> cooking and uh, 
one of the things we did was to come up with a schedule as to um, who is going to cook and which which uh, meals they are going to cook, and and uh, it it at least gave us that 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 routine, and and we were ensured of at least maybe one or two um, meals a day that were balanced. So yeah, it it, it really the the whole lockdown um, really. Uh, <laughs> put a strain on a lot of things uh, as a parent. And um, one, of, one of the things though, for me, that's been a positive is the fact that we've been together and uh, we've been able to, to, to talk, uh, um, have conversations about a lot of things. So uh, besides all the other challenges, there's also been a lot of, of positives, I must say. So we are currently at what we hope is the peak of the virus in our country. And how has this been for your fears around your kids now returning to school? And would you have opted for them not to go back? Ooh, um, I've been quite anxious. Um, this, this, this is, I think this is actually the worst time for them to, tell, to say to, to, to us that our kids must go back to school. Um, I, I, I don't think this is a good time. It's, 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 <laughs> I can't even express it, um, how anxious I've been. And, and, and my son, 17-year-old, grade 11, had to go back yesterday. And uh, I said to him, let us pray because I, I felt it was the only way that was going to reassure him and myself. And and before he left, we, we said a short prayer. I, I could see that he was also stressed. Um, but I must say, when he came back, he said, oh, Rama, it wasn't that bad. Um, uh, though though it's been, it's different. You can't talk to your friends. Um, it wasn't that bad. So that at least <clears throat> sort of um, allayed my fears and, and uh, I felt less anxious. But it, it, it has been, one, one has been very scared and very fearful of, of, of the, the unknown. Uh, uh, fearing that your kid is going to go to school and be infected and come back and infect the whole family. Um, it's really, uh, yeah, uh, let me leave it at that. No, it is absolutely justifiable that there is this very tangible level of unease among the community of parents who saw um, the who saw their children off um, to return to schools as of yesterday. And you mentioned how your, your own children um, came back and said, "No, um, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't all that bad. It wasn't all that bad." But I can also understand how that wouldn't be enough to ease your own concerns or your own anxieties as a parent. So, as a parent, are, do you believe? Do you think you are satisfied with the safety measures that your children's school have implemented? 
you you can never be quite sure um un, un, unless you see it you see i i couldn't drop him off yesterday so i'm not i'm not as 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 convinced um because i didn't see what is happening but but i think the the schools are trying by all means to keep the kids safe uh what it told me was that they 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 get to the gate they are sanitized they are screened uh their temperatures are are, are scanned uh they get a, a a mask and in class obviously they are distanced or physically distanced from each other uh they're not allowed to take off their mask one of the things he told me was that it's so difficult to to be sitting there and talking and listening when you have this mask <laughs> that that kind of uh, uh makes you um feel uh, it, it it kind of makes it difficult to breathe at times so so i i i do think that the schools are trying their best to 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 put measures in place to keep the kids safe but as a parent sitting at home and having to 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 take your kids to school not knowing exactly uh, you know you as a parent when you don't have the control uh you can't feel at ease at all if you don't have the control we always want to be in control of our kids uh well-being Uh, their safety their security so if you now give it over to someone else you you're not 100% there had been options given to some parents in Gauteng and in other provinces that should they be unhappy with the measures put in place by the schools and the department they could have their kids forego the academic year and return next year for the full academic year was this something that you considered as a parent to two kids currently in high school and what would you have wanted the department of basic education to do differently in the midst of this pandemic well yes the the option was given uh, I, i even have forms here uh, that i was supposed to complete and send back to the school um but what i wasn't sure of was what it meant uh, for them to say because it said uh, i sh- i can apply for my student uh, sorry for my uh, for my kids to be um exempted from returning to school uh, but i didn't understand what it meant i didn't understand if it meant uh, they would forgo the year and have and have to repeat the grade uh, next year or did it mean that they could continue with e-learning which for me as i said was quite a, a challenge for them or did it just mean that they will be exempted from returning to school and something will be done in terms of maybe promoting them to the other grade so i wasn't sure and and as a parent you also don't want to be selfish and think only of your own uh 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 fears and and unease but I, i as i said i called them in and asked them would you prefer to go to school or to be at home uh so when they said to me they would prefer to be at school i i then thought okay then um i will not complete those forms but yes the the, the department had given us an option 
But the, the issue was that I was not well informed to make the decision not to, to, to take my kids to school. So um, I, I, I just felt they could have really engaged us as parents and maybe even given us a chance, consulted with us, given us a chance to, to view and air our views and maybe even suggest uh, what can be done. I, I, I remember some professor, uh, uh, I don't remember who it was, saying earlier during lockdown, saying that um, maybe the kids should be allowed to stay at home and then they can all be promoted to the next grade. We should basically was saying we should forgo the academic year and, and just let the kids stay at home and then just promote them to the next grade and only allow maybe grade 12s to write the exams because they're obviously the grade 12s and the grade uh, 7s allow them to write exams because they're obviously going to a next phase, the 12s to university and the 7s to high school. So for me, that was, uh, I think, a, a, a better option, uh, in my opinion, obviously. I don't think generally <laughs> the parents felt that way, but for me, I felt that could have been a better option. Uh, then we wouldn't be sending our, our kids to, to school not knowing what, what could happen. Absolutely. And I'm aware of how speculative my next and final question will be towards you, Shirani, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I'd be very um, interested to hear your perspective as a parent. In the interests of trying to imagine a post-COVID world. We're nowhere near that right now. We were, we were talking earlier about um, a peak that we all hope we have finally reached. And logic suggests that after a peak, a period of subsiding needs to happen. So that sort of lends itself to us believing that once we reach this peak, the number of cases of COVID-19 in the country will finally start to subside up until we get to a point where... COVID-19 is a thing of the past here in South Africa. So should we ever get to that part of, of this journey where COVID-19 is indeed finally in our rearview mirrors, collectively speaking? What ways do you see the, the landscape of education changing? Um, purely from your perspective as a parent, do you see a situation where... Um, Folks are going to have to decide whether e-learning is the way to go and the only way to go or children being returned to classes with social distancing being put in place. I've heard reports of other schools splitting their um, classes into morning classes and afternoon classes so that not a, so, so that a gigantic group of kids doesn't have to be in one classroom at once. Is it, is, it going to have, is it going to come to a point where people have to make a decision on the way forward? And is that a, is that a, a move that schools will have to make with the consultation of the parents of the children in their schools? Or is this a situation where the, the schools and the education bodies are going to detect the way forward and parents have no choice but to comply and fall in line? 
where wherever a, a change has to be implemented, I think all stakeholders should be consulted. And in this case, obviously, uh, uh, parents uh, are, are part of, of um, the stakeholders when it comes to a child's education. So, so I would think uh, it's important that 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 consultation is done. Um, for me, just looking at it, I, I'm thinking uh, a kind of blended uh, blended learning would 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 be uh, 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 would be something that should or should be something that is explored. Uh, when when I talk of blended, I think I think of e-learning mixed with the traditional face-to-face type of teaching or learning. And and obviously, as I said, there there are some learners that can cope with with online learning, and there are some that cannot cope with that. So if if we can look at a a situation where we have that type of of learning, and um, the Department of basic education, look at those options, consult with experts, consult with, with uh, parents, consult with teachers as well, and, and look at options like that. And that was Shirani Langwini unpacking for us as a parent what her experience has been like since the reopening of schools early this week. Now to further this conversation, we heard from a parent in one of the hardest hit districts in Buffalo City in the Eastern Cape on what their experience has been like in this first week. And this is what they had to say. Hello, my name is Nomta Pavana and I have a nine-year-old son who is in grade three. He's due to go back to school next week. Um, under these tough circumstances of this pandemic, I honestly feel that we could wait a little bit longer. I don't see the rush why our children need to go back to school, especially those in the lower lower grades. I don't see why it's been pushed that these kids go back because the infections are still so high they are raising rising um every day and as a parent it makes your anxiety skyrocket because there's nothing that is pushing you to the direction of okay maybe maybe it'll be okay for my child to go back to school everything is pointing to your kids must stay at home and um the the school sent us a message saying that if your child doesn't come back to school that child may lose their place like this their spot in the in the grade and when you decide to to have your child return they may have to reapply so even when schools say stuff like that, it just raises your anxiety even higher. And because we all know as parents, it's very difficult to get your your child into a good school. So it's almost now we feel forced to take our children back to school. And that's definitely not a nice feeling. But on a positive note, I'm happy with how the school is preparing for having our kids back. I'm happy with how they've communicated with us. They send us weekly messages. They show us photos of the classroom and how they set up everything and they send worksheets. And so 
um, my child is still busy at home. He's active and uh, it's a little bit better, but it just doesn't, it's not enough to take away that anxiety. So this is a really tough time to be a parent. Our local government uh, as a whole is not ready. Most schools are in shambles, especially schools in townships and in rural areas. So I just wish that the government would stop being stubborn and listen to people and just cancel this academic year. Cancel it. We can start again when this coronavirus has calmed down so that um, there'll be less infections and people won't feel the, the negative feelings that they're feeling right now. So that's all I can say. You just heard it for yourself, a parent coming out of one of the harder hit districts of the country as far as this pandemic is concerned, talking to us about how regardless of the many safety measures being put in place by the schools, it appears nothing will be done to completely quell the fears, concerns, and anxieties of parents all across the country as this rule um, being put in effect by the basic education ministry allowing more pupils into the classroom, pupils in grades R6 and 11 to be returned into the classroom. But thank you so much to that parent for sharing her story with us. And thank you to our guests as well for joining us on the COVID Report. If you've missed this or any of the other conversations we have had here on the COVID Report, please hit up our website, www.vowfm.co. All of our podcasts will be there for your binge listening pleasure. And you can also follow the conversation and the show on Twitter at VowFM. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or streams via www.vowfm.co.za.